Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this earth-based matrix, that you are able to connect with your highest possible vibration that you are able to connect with the prime creator, not just the uh, lesser gods or ideas of God in the Bible where he's all wrathful and mean and, you know, because that's not the true God. That's not the true prime creator. I hope that you're able to find your path and find your way and find the highest version and the highest vision for yourself in these days. We are in uh, the year 2020. I never thought I'd make it to the 2000s, let alone 20 years in. This year has been really rough. This past weekend has been really rough. This past week has been pretty crazy energetically. I don't know if you are somebody who is sensitive to energy or not. It's not required to be sensitive to energy to grow spiritually. If you don't feel the energies, that's okay. In fact, it's probably for the best. It's better for you, honestly, if you're not feeling some of the hard energy that I've been feeling, um, you know, and other people, other people are even more sensitive than I am. So it doesn't make you more spiritual or less spiritual if you're sensitive to energy or not. I mean, that's BS. If someone says, if you can't feel that you're not growing spiritually or whatever, there's been a lot of erroneous crap going around the internet talking about people like you're not a real witch. If you're not a hereditary witch, or you're not a real, um, witch, if you're not a Wicca, or if you're a witch, you're definitely a Wicca. That's not true. None of this stuff is true. A lot of erroneous ideas out there. And some of it is to do with, um, in, in past couple weeks, I've been mentioning about how I've come across, uh, several people saying things that if you are going through drama in your life, then you're not spiritual. And I'm sorry to say when you do have, um, a, a spiritual awakening, you'll, it's all fluffy bunnies and rainbows for a day or two. And then all of a sudden the shit hits the fan and you go through the dark night of the soul and you go through some really, really, really hardcore stuff, drama, mama, <laughs> drama, papa. I mean, it's, it's like uh, drama parents. And sometimes it is involving your parents. Sometimes it's involving your kids. Sometimes your neighbors, your best friends. I mean, it's crazy when you become really spiritual and spiritually aware, and you have the, that first initiation or awakening and every subsequent spiritual initiation, every subsequent spiritual awakening, this shit hits the fan. It's just the way it is. It's always this way. 
because you're like, yeah, you're riding so high and I'm part of the cosmos. I'm one with, oh my God, why is this happening to me? And all of a sudden, boom, big time energy hits you and you're like, oh, oh crap. What the hell did I sign up for? (laughs) It's not all going to be, you know, fluffy bunnies and rainbows and unicorns that are dancing and prancing about, you know, it's not, it's not about that. Usually, uh, (laughs) it might be, you might feel high riding that high vibration and then things will drag you back down the earth, the world, the matrix is set up to pull you back down and you got to rise up again. And sometimes you are the Phoenix and you rise up out of the ashes and you get there and you're like, it's like the choir of angels singing and the fires coming down and, and, and you're just like, you're rising above and above and above. And then what happens to a Phoenix bird? If any of you have ever seen Harry Potter, you and I both know a Phoenix will burn itself out and it dies and all the ashes fall to the bottom of the cage in Dumbledore's office. And then it regenerates again and becomes a full bird again after it like drops all of its feathers and then it falls again and then it rises again. And it's a wonderful metaphor. (laughs) It's a good metaphor because it happens. This is what spirituality does. This is what happens to us. And if you um, go back to my reading of The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, you can go listen to that again. Um, Just imagine love needs you to whiteness like you are bread. That's what love does. It separates the wheat from the chaff. That's your life. And then it needs you and needs you. And, you know, at first being needed might, might feel good. K-N-E-A-D-E-D. You know, it's like a nice massage. Then eventually you're thrashed to bits. You're ground to a pulp. You're ground to a fine powder. You know, like if, if you know, in the metaphor anyway, not in real life. This doesn't, you know, don't worry. You're not going to be pulverized or anything. <laughs> but it's kind of what love does to us, right? I mean, your life is what it is. And then when the wheat separates from the shaft, that's like when you first, you first wait, awaken, and then, um, you're the wheat and the, and the shaft is the people in your life that are the dream stealers, you know, the dream suckers. They suck. I hate those people. They take away everything you want to do. Oh, you can't be an artist. Only artists make it after they're dead. And you're not good enough to even be a a dead famous artist. You know, I I heard stuff like that when I was a kid. Oh, I mean, when I was like a teenager. But, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I really, I just, I wanted to go to Cal Arts. And I thought if I can't go to Cal Arts, I'll go to the um, Art Institute in in San Francisco. I really, really wanted to be an artist. That, That was like... My first dream originally was I wanted to be a writer and then I wanted to be, um, I wanted to write for the Los Angeles times. How funny, right? That's what I really wanted to do. And I, when I was very, very little, I learned how to write from the LA times. Like I made my A's with that exact typeset, that font that the LA times did in 1969, I guess, maybe I think it was like maybe 1970 or 1971 when I actually started doing this. (laughs) And I was like, I was like writing like exactly. That's how I learned how to write. 
I would copy articles from the LA times and write them on a paper. And my mom's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to write for the LA times someday from, for the Los Angeles times. I want to be a writer, you know? And that was my first thing. And then my mom taught me how to use a typewriter, which was really hard because it was not electric. It was an original, you know? And then I, as I grew a little bit more and people would say, do you want to be a nun or a teacher? It's like, no, I'm going to be a writer for LA times, you know? I'm going to be a writer, damn it. That's what I'm going to do. And then eventually I had a dream of, of being an actress. And I had a dream of, um, you know, I had a, I had a horrible dream, like of, of being on stage and, and performing at Disneyland, which is hilarious because I'm, I'm not a very good singer and I'm not musical at all. <laughs> but for some reason I thought it'd be fun because I saw how happy made people. And I think it was more of the heart and the soul of the thing than what I actually wanted to do. I wanted to make people happy. I wanted to bring people to that joy place, that place of love and intensity where they just want better for themselves in that moment. And they choose love and they choose laughter and they choose smiling over frowning. So these are all the dreams. And, and I, I had a conversation earlier today um, with uh, a man named Nick who's friends with Sasha, who I've been talking to for a while. And he was saying that it's helping him when I talk about these sort of things. And I know if, if he's telling me that means a lot more of you out there are, are feeling it too, that the childhood dreams that you have long since forgotten because, you know, you grew up wanting to maybe be a ballet dancer or a belly dancer or any kind of dancer. And now you're just an accountant because that's what your parents, you know, talked you into. And you know what I'm telling you, you could be an accountant and a belly dancer. <laughs> Maybe you're working as a cashier at your, your local piggly wiggly, you know, your lo local grocery store. Maybe you're at Whole Foods stocking produce, but that wasn't your dream. Nobody, nobody is four years old saying, I can't wait to stock produce in a grocery store. I can't wait to put the price tag on, on, on these bottles of kombucha. Nobody ever does that. I can't wait to merchandise vitamins in an overpriced store. Nobody ever does that. Nobody ever says that ever <laughs> now other people put you the ideas in your head you want to be an astronaut you want to be a farmer you want to be a whatever you know usually those ideas aren't yours but what was the one thing that you like spent hours dreaming about thinking about imagining when you were a kid I mean, I always imagined having a boyfriend. That was like one of my things when I was like, kind of like preteen, I was like, someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have a boyfriend. I'm going to have someone that loves me and holds my hand a lot. You know, it's like kind of silly, but it, that's one thing I, I planned to do. And I did. I mean, I had, I had a couple of husbands. I, my second one I was married to for 13, almost 13 years. I had kids. I did, I did that. You know, I, I'm so glad that I was able to do that. Am I a writer? Yes, I am. And I even did some acting. I even did comedy on stage for a while. You know, I don't talk about my comedy days too, too much, but I, I was part of a troupe and we did comedy and we made whole, we, we always had a packed house at Tony Roma's 
um, in Santa Barbara and I had to quit cause I was allergic to the ribs. I was allergic to the, um, I don't even know what it is. Just the, maybe it was a pork fat or the beef fat when it was, um, mixed with that smoke and it got into the air and my asthma, I couldn't take it. It was horrible. I had to quit after a while. I mean, there's times I'd, I'd run out and I'd have to catch my breath because it, the, they didn't have a good ventilation system. It was so stupid, right? That That's what ruined my comedy career. Not because I decided not to do comedy because why would I decide not to? I love it. But... <laughs> And then I became, you know, I became a dreamer in a different way. I could be a writer and have my own show. And so six years or seven years ago now I did my own show. And that was the original metaphysical soul speaking. Now I'm here and I have a lot new people. I have maybe 20 brand new people that have become regular listeners, even in the past five days. So I wanted to say thank you and welcome aboard. Uh, I'm glad you're here with us. We are all hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family. And I want you to think about this though, uh, this idea, getting back to my main idea for tonight, um, for the introduction is how are you going to connect with your highest self? So maybe you had a dream and that might be the way to connect your higher self. Possibly. Maybe you have a different way. You know, so you go through the dark night of soul and then you're like, well, this, this, this spiritual stuff is just sucking and it's kind of for the birds. And why the hell did I even ever want this? Oh my God. <laughs> Especially when you're going through the dark night of soul. I mean, the resistance is futile because you're going to go through it anyway. <laughs> we are not the Borg. Don't panic. But resistance really is futile. But I mean, the more you resist, the, the, the more the drama persists, the more the crap persists but eventually when you're getting ready to give up and you're just like okay fine I forgive that bastard (laughs) I forgive that bastard even if the bastard is me I forgive myself I forgive that person I forgive that circumstance please just let me go of this pain right that's what happens during the shadow stuff and then you come out of that and then you're like oh thank god and then you have a breather and then it's fluffy bunnies and rainbows all over again (laughs) <laughs> and it cycles, you know, you go in cycles until you're completely clear. And then you have no more karma to work through. You have no more, um, emotional stuff to work through. And then you're fine. It might take you a week or a month or 30 years to get through your cycles. So don't panic and don't label yourself as less spiritual. Cause you still have stuff going on because other people around you might be creating drama. You again, you know, a couple weeks ago, what did I say? You're drawing drama to you, not because you are low level, not because you're vibrating lower necessarily. Sometimes it could be that, you know, if you um, are very tired, you're not eating right. You're not sleeping right. You're not taking care of your physical body. You could drag yourself down and then you'll start to attract lower vibrational stuff. That's possible. But sometimes you're doing everything right for the most part. And all you're thinking about is higher vibrational loftier things. And then all of a sudden all this other drama comes to you, but that's because a moth to goes to a flame. Why (laughs) it's going to get burned, but, or it's going to enjoy the light and the heat, right? So sometimes you're going to attract the moths when you become a bright flame. (laughs) 
And that's just also something they don't tell you when you sign up for the spirituality train. (laughs) You will attract the moths. You will. And they come to you because the drama comes to you because you have to transform it. Once you learn how to transform yourself, now you can transform other things and other people and they will come to you. They will, you know, the things, the circumstances, the people, the events will come to you when they need healing and it's apparent and more than evident that you can heal it. Sometimes you just have to say, by your word, it is made so. God, heal this situation. God, please heal this person. Prime creator, I need you to help me with this. Help them to learn how to love themselves. Please help them to learn how to love me. Please help me. God, grant me the patience to to love this person. God, please put your arm around my shoulder and your hand around my mouth so I don't say the wrong thing. (laughs) My mom used to say that. She had plaque in her house that said that (laughs) above her fireplace. You know, Lord, put your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth because... I mean, my mom had, had a problem blurting out the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I think it's genetic. She did not raise me. I met her when I was 30 years old. <laughs> like, but I think it's like part of, I think it's in the genetic, that Hayoka shaman energy, that Hayoka blood is in, it's in our system. It's in our DNA. You know, we just say the wrong freaking thing at the wrong freaking time. But usually we'll say the things that will stick with people for a long time until they can work it out for themselves. That's one of the things that a Hayoka shaman does. I am a Hayoka shaman. So, I mean, if I ever say anything that irks you, bugs you, irritates you, something you can't get out of your mind and you're like, damn it, why can't I stop thinking about this? Why is it bothering you? If it makes you cry, if it, if it, um, I don't like the word trigger cause that word triggers me. <laughs> Cause it's just like, shut up. You're not a damn therapist. And most people that say that, I'm sorry. What I said triggered you. You know what? Shut up. You don't know anything about me and you're not my therapist. Right? I hate when people say that word for some reason, it just, it irritates me. But as a Virgo, a lot of things irritate me. So (laughs) I accept that about myself and I'm okay with it. But if, if somebody says something, or especially if I say something that that kind of gets you, it kind of sticks and you're like, Eh, why is this feeling? Why is this thing sticking with me? Why don't I like that word? You know, you gotta work. You gotta look not at me and what I said, because I'm just a neutral party in your situation, right? You're either going to resonate or not with what I say, right? And as they say, if it does not apply, let it fly. But if it resonates, then you can take it in and nourish it, nurture it and see where these positive ideas go, right? And some ideas seem kind of negative. Some of my ideas will seem really wild and controversial, but that's also meant to transform your ideas. You know, you might agree with me. You might disagree with me and either way that's okay because everyone's on a different journey, right? So some people, you know, they don't like what I'm saying about the Christian thing. Some people are writing me going, Oh my God, that's hilarious. I never thought about it that way. That's amazing. You've opened my eyes. You know, when I go off on, on the, um, Christian rants (laughs) about what the people in the religion are doing and how it goes against their very religion by the things they're saying and doing a lot of people, not everybody, but also 
Christian mysticism might be your path, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's been a lot of of, um, saints that were true and real saints in the Catholic Church. For example, um, Padre Pio comes to mind. Santa Rosa de Lima, she comes to mind. Um, And uh, uh, what is his name? I have him. I have a picture of him right here. He's, He's one of my favorite people in the world. And why am I not thinking of it? Um, San Martin de Porres. I was going to say Pobres, and that's not true. He was poor, but he was the first person. He was the first person who was black to be allowed to be a priest in the Catholic Church, in the history of the Catholic Church. He's one of my heroes. I love this guy. He's for anybody. He's the saint, the patron saint for anybody who has mixed blood, who's, you know, something mixed with something else. <laughs> So he's one of my, he's definitely one of mine, but, um, (laughs) I I love him. I love him too much. He's just so amazing. I actually went to this church. I was drawn to this weird little, really strange, weird little church in, in Lima, Peru. And I was sitting there and I wanted to look at different parts of it. So I'm like, I'm Muslim, right? So it's hilarious. I'm walking through and I'm crossing myself like I'm a Catholic because I don't want to raise any suspicion, right? Me and my long ass red hair in the middle of of Peru. (laughs) Like I'm already not going to, you know, raise eyebrows, right? People are always looking at me weird anyway. (laughs) And I dress really strange because I I just feel if I dress weird, then people won't go near me. (laughs) It's like my, it's my introvert armor. (laughs) And also my anti-theft armor, because if I look poor and crazy, then the thieves won't go towards me. They'll go, you know, next to, you know, the beautiful people from Europe who are wearing Prada or whatever. You know, those are the people we're going to rob, not that weirdo. <laughs> it's just, it's just like kind of my, my survival strategy <laughs> in big, strange cities. <laughs> I don't know if it works or not, but it does keep people away from me. <laughs> but I was like, I was like trying to be like all surreptitious going up to the front altar and I kneeled down at that altar and and I was just like wanting to look at the art the art was strange and funky and weird and there's these weird statues some of which were handmade um like paper mache but there some of them were weird and some of them were really beautiful and the, but the art on the ceiling was just like illustrious it was so beautiful and then I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like looking around and all of a sudden, holy crap, I see the bones in a golden sarcophagus. <laughs> what the actual hell? This is a death cult. Oh my God, get me the hell out of here. What the hell? And I'm like, okay, now I need to go up a little bit more to another part of the altar. So I have to like cross myself again, act like I'm Catholic. I get up to the center and sure enough, these are the bones of San, San Martin de Porres. And when I was you know, young, I used to put his, I used to buy candles with him. And I always liked the candles of him because he was sweeping. He was dressed like a priest, but he was sweeping and he was always being nice to animals. He had like a cat and a dog and a rat and he was like surrounded by all these animals. I'm like, well, I relate to that. I love animals. I mean, I've, I've had like moments where I open my door in the middle of the night and here's a random dog in my backyard. How did you even get past the gate? And, and, you know, dog will just like run in, you know, and lay down and sleep and be my dog for a day or two and then take off when the weather's better. It's like, how the hell did he know to come to me? 
How do you know I wasn't going to be mean to him or something? Of course I'm going to feed him. Of course I'm going to be nice. But I've had this kind of weird thing happen over and over again in my life. It's a theme. (laughs) Random animals will show up, shelter with me, you know, and then take off. (laughs) It's always been that way. Um, Cats that don't like anybody will run up and jump into my arms. You know, it's um, always been that way with me. But so I always loved Sam Martin de Porras, and he was one of the best saints. But, um, but I felt the energy, the emanation, the highest possible vibration from his bones when I went to this church. And I was just drawn to that part of town. And my daughter and I walked in, and it was just like, this is crazy. And I like, I saw her, she's at the back of the church. I'm like, oh man. So I had to like cross myself at every saint and go down. Like I'm still Catholic and I'm trying to secretly, I get back to the, I'm like, they're bones, they're bones. Oh my God, they're bones. You got to get up to the front. You got to come up to the front. Holy crap, there's bones. And so we went, (laughs) so she went with me. I'm like, oh my God, this is so freaky. This is so freaky. This is like beyond freaky. (laughs) I don't know what it is with the the obsession with collecting bones, (laughs) but there are some real saints. There are some actual real saints. So there are mystical energies in every walk of life. You could be atheist and all of a sudden you find yourself in a spiritual way. You know, um, there's a lot of mystics in Judaism, uh, the Kabbalah is real. That is real, true magic. There are, uh, mystics. Sufis are mystics in Islam. So in every religion, there are mystical, uh, ways. There are spiritual ways that are beyond. So, so if, you know, if I say something about, you know, Christianity, it's not about those ways, like not about the mystical, you know, those things, because those things are real. You know, I get mad about the people who are judgmental because that doesn't do any good for anybody. Plus Jesus said not to be that way. So if you're going to follow in his footsteps, a be Jewish, <laughs> cause he was a Jew. <laughs> he was also in a scene. I don't know. There's, is there a way I could go and sign up to be in a scene? I would love to do that. Yeah, cause it seems like a healthy lifestyle somehow. I don't even know what it means. I don't know. I just have an impression that they eat a bunch of nuts and seeds and whole grain breads, probably sourdough. I mean, pretty much it's like half my diet anyway. <laughs> I mean, in the past 10 days, I think I've eaten, I've eaten fish two days and, and chicken once. And, you know, in the past, well, I, I did eat chicken like a week and a half ago, but I had, um, probably four or five days where all I ate was nuts and seeds. I can't keep that up cause I get allergic really easily to it. So I have to like, I'll eat it. And then in a month or two or three, then I'll try it again for two or three days. But I go through my cycles with that too. But so you can be whatever religion you want to be. You can be, even if it's Wiccan, even if you you just want to be a witch, you want to be a folk magician, you know, you want to be a mage or a sage, <laughs> you know, if you want to just anti-age, I mean, you know, whatever your spiritual path and everyone's spiritual path is going to be slightly different. You know, you could have 10 witches in a row and, and maybe only one of them is Wiccan, but they're all on a totally different path, you know, and you could do your spirituality is it's like Burger King. You can have it your way, you know? So I'm just here to guide you in, in ways in which you can accept yourself, no matter what way you decide, 
and that you can love yourself no matter what, that you can forgive yourself. You can forgive the circumstances in the past. Um, you, you have to forgive everything that ever hurt you because you don't do it for the people who hurt you. You do it for yourself. Okay. Forgiveness is always for you because you need to get past all that stuff. Right? So I hope that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this earthly matrix, that you are able to reach for that highest star that is you, that highest vibration, right? You know, and your dream might be to own a house with a swimming pool, right? That's one of my dreams, right? But it's not my loftiest dream. You know, I have uh, loftier dreams. You know, I, I had a lot of dreams that I couldn't quite fulfill as of yet. I wanted to go, for example, to the city of Detroit and say, I would like to implement neighborhood gardens in every neighborhood and find like a, a financier to like get every um, neighborhood and, and just talk to the people in the neighborhood. Hey, I have this idea. Would you guys be into it? And then take one of the lots that doesn't have a house anymore because it burned down or whatever and turning that into a community like um, a, a, like a party place, like a, you know, like a gathering area so that they could have block parties, you know, that every, every, uh, neighbor could have block parties. Cause I have a house in Detroit and that's something I wanted to do in, in my neighborhood. I wanted to be like, let's have our tree planting day and we'll all plant trees. We'll get the kids interested so that the older people don't have to, you know, hurt their back, you know, doing something that they want done and the kids will have something they're going to learn about trees, you know, and I wanted to have a thing where we all plant flowers in everyone's yard. And I wanted to have a thing where we, we gather together. Um, and you could do this in any city, you know, you know, build like, okay, there's a burned out old parking lot. Well, let's have the city buy it. We'll make it a little miniature city park and we'll make, we'll put in a barbecue pit and we'll have, um, you know, the city employees can hire volunteers or, um, the neighborhood can have volunteers that, you know, Hey, it's your month to make sure the trash is picked up. So every Thursday afternoon you go pick up the trash and you know, then everyone parties over the weekend there. And then, then, you know, maybe it's next week is someone else's time, you know, to pick up the trash or whatever. But I don't know. It was an idea that I had, you know, like to get, communities, you know, or maybe make a community garden where everybody grows all of their vegetables together. And then we tr- give classes, you know, we'll find somebody cause I am not a green thumb person, but I would find somebody with a green thumb and say, Hey, come to our neighborhood, please. And teach us how to, um, you know, grow the carrots and the zucchini and the, you know, tomatoes and the squash and the peas. Why not? You know, and then anyone who is hungry, they have all the free vegetables and it'd be for everybody. I mean, if I was the one that was tending to the zucchini, you, you best believe I'd be giving it to everybody in the neighborhood. I don't like zucchini, but <laughs> you know, I mean, I own, I, I mean, but if I did, I would only want maybe one a week, maybe one every other week. And if there's 50 there, guess what? Everybody gets it and everybody prospers, you know? So that was one of my ideas. That was one of my loftier goals. And another thing was I wanted to do, make organite and put it all over, um, you know, the, the tower busters and put it next to every single tower in Detroit so that nobody would have to suffer the radiation. And then also I could send out love and energy, vibrational energy to every one of those that I had made. 
you know, energetically. So like, that's what I mean when I say by your loftier goals, your loftier, you, there's something, I mean, there's always your personal goals. You know, you want to own a house, you want to have this specific career, you want to, you know, be the thing you want to be in a child in your childhood. But then you also have the higher goals that will, you know, elevate even more, you know, so you could always, uh, reach a little higher, dream a little bigger, wanting to have a neighborhood store to make people happy. Well, why don't you make that an, a, a chain in your state and then in your nation and then in the world, you know, what if you, maybe it's, it's a, a store that's only, only going to be owned by single mothers, you know, to help, uh, elevate the single mothers and maybe in the back of every one of these stores in the world, there's like maybe a little learning space where people could come and teach other single mothers for free various skills so that they can make money and always be okay. You know, like maybe that would be your goal. So always, whatever your goal is, make it a little bit bigger and then dream bigger yet, and then try to make it global and try to make it applicable to everybody and also elevate and help everybody no matter what it is you know, but also on a personal level, if you don't have the energy and plus the pandemic and you don't want to leave your house, just keep meditating, keep cleaning out your chakras, cleansing out your aura, cleansing out your, your Pepsi, (laughs) you know, your physical, emotional, uh, psychological and spiritual bodies of the, of your individual. Just keep doing it. Cleanse it out, cleanse it out, cleanse it out. Because I feel like the more we just do that and meditate and elevate and listen to music and go out in nature and, and you could even, you know, John the Baptist yourself, like, you know, dunk yourself three times under the water, go take a bath and just baptize yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be in the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. You could just say in the name of the mother, God, in the name of Hecate, in the name of God, in the name of my own highest self in the name of love, in the name of protection, in the name of pure bliss, joyful energy. Remember, you can use your elements too. You got your fire, your air, your water and how to use fire. I mean, you can't walk through the fire. (laughs) I don't recommend it. I mean, we do jump over fire. Well, I don't, I kind of did last year a little bit, but during the new year, that's a, that's a tradition in Ecuador getting drunk and then jumping over fire. <laughs> Welcome to the new year. <laughs> but, um, how, how else can you use fire? You know, those lanterns that you, you write a wish on and you, and you light it on fire and it floats up into the sky, carrying your wish. You can use air by putting your wish on a flag and laying the wind, whip the flag around and carry your the energy of your wish into the ethers. You can use incense, sage. You can use water, just, you know, sprinkle water in your forehead every day. You know, um, goddess, please purify my body. Goddess, please purify my soul. Prime creator, please purify my emotions today. Please help me to love everybody on the planet. That's a big one. If you don't love everybody yet, then you better start. <laughs> it's not, again, it's not for them. It's for you. Become a more spiritual person. Start seeing everybody that you meet as God. Look in the mirror. See yourself as God. 
And I don't mean in an egotistical way, like, I am God, you are the peon. I don't mean that. (laughs) It's like, I am God and I'm so humbled before that energy that resides within every one of my cells. I am a goddess incarnate. And I rest upon the Pista Sophia inside me, the one true Godhead that created everything in this world. So anyway, there's that guys. I did draw a card. I don't, I don't want to get too deep into this without, um, you know, with, I don't want to forget basically (laughs) the rebel deck was a card, uh, the deck that I drew from today, this is the Oracle with attitude. It has zero filters, zero fucks, and it's all fun. <laughs> so basically this, uh, is a rebellious deck. It's foul mouthed and it's raw. <laughs> and you ask it what you need to know right now. And this is what I asked. I said, rebel deck. Actually I said, God send an angel. And the angel we got this week is Archangel Raphael. I think she'll be here all week. (laughs) And she uh, gave me this card. Well, first of the first one that came out was rebel. And we keep getting the rebel card, don't we? So I'm like, we can't have the rebel card. (laughs) Rebel because fuck it. That's what it says. So this card. So I'm like, we need, we need to better than that because we can't just keep getting the rebel card every week. We already know we're supposed to be rebelling. That's why we are going against everything we were taught as kids, whether we're 20 years old or 50 years old or 80 years old. This is the time to be different, to to be who we truly are is what it is. I saw a video of this woman who um, her hair was shaved and she painted the right half of her head absolutely grass green. It was absolutely beautiful. It was just made me so happy. Green is my favorite color. And then the, and then the left half of her head, she painted, um, a bright yellow that was blended nicely into an orange, which was then blended into a really beautiful fuchsia. And then the back of her left half of her head was dark, dark purple. And I thought it was beautiful. It looked like, um, it looked like a watercolor garden that the rain had rained on. It's just the, my imagery of it. And, and it was really beautiful. And all these people are like, this isn't beautiful at all. And this isn't. And I was like, everyone has a different idea of what beauty is. And it's not like she's trying to be beautiful to attract a man. She's being artistic and creative and expressing who she is as a human being. This is her own expression. It has nothing to do with being beautiful to fit into somebody else's box of beauty. We don't need to do that anymore. This is a time in which we can let our own inner light shine and sometimes the inner light is a normal white candle and sometimes our inner light is a freaking Christmas tree with all the different colors you know you have to decide what your light is some of some of us have an inner bonfire you know (laughs) everyone's inner light is a totally different kind of light so anyway um, I wanted to uh, get into this so this is the card we got from the rebel deck this is the card for the collective That project, that person, that idea is waiting. I'll read that again. That project, that person, that idea is waiting. Then you turn it over and it says, get after that shit. 
The world has your back. Get after that shit. The world has your back. So I'm going to put this up in the next 24 hours on my Instagram, which is at mermaidgirl888. Just so you guys can um, see what this looks like and be reminded, hey, look, you know, the world does have your back. It's true. It's absolutely true. So, all righty, let's see. All right, I want to get into, um, there's one more thing I wanted to get give you guys, but I wanted to, before I forget, uh, we need to uh, also get to spaceweather.com because you guys, we just went through a G2 geomagnetic storm big time. I don't know if you felt the energy of the weekend. If you don't, don't panic. You're still okay. You're still fine. You're still spiritual. Um, but if you felt it, if you were sleepy all weekend, if you're a little cranky or crabby and you're just like, yeah, I was up. I tried that for a minute. Now I'm going right back to bed till four in the afternoon. That's okay. That was the energy for the weekend. It's been the energy for like four or five days. We were hit by, um, solar wind, Yesterday, the solar wind speed, by the way, was 606 kilometers per second. Oh my God. It was really fast. Today, it's come down a little bit at 571.8 kilometers per second. That's the solar wind speed right now. We have no sunspots, which means hopefully no solar flares. Usually they are connected to sunspots, but we just realized recently, a few weeks back, that The sun can just hurl shit at us without having a sunspot. So it's the two are not mutually exclusive. Sometimes we get one thing without the other. Not usually, but sometimes it's possible. But I want to let you know that right now, Earth is has been entering into a stream of solar wind that is flowing from the northern coronal hole right now. Right now. And and, and over the weekend, it did hurl more solar wind, plasma our way, that will get here by the 29th, which is tomorrow. And right now we're in the middle of a solar stream. So crap, we have, we have been like solar stream after, you know, solar wind after solar wind, after solar wind, after solar wind since like last Tuesday, tons of healing vibrational energy. The prime creator sends it from the center, the, the central sun and it comes through our portal, the sun, soul, I call him. And the energy comes through our sun and then it goes right through us. I mean, this is like plasma. This is cause like, it's like solar radiation, the solar winds, it's plasma, it gamma rays, it's all kinds of rays. And it's changing our DNA. It's changing our structure, it makes us a little bit cranky, a little bit tired. We have ascension symptoms like ear popping, ringing, buzzing, heart palpitations, sleeping a lot, being excessively thirsty, losing our appetite, or when we have an appetite, we just want fruit, or we just want high vibrational vegetables. Um, and sometimes you just, and sometimes you feel like you want grounding, so you want to have a, a big juicy steak, or, or you want to eat some Doritos, or like a freaking donut, and whatever your body's telling you. I mean, unless you have a serious sugar craving because you have candida. (laughs) Sometimes your body just needs that. Sometimes you feel like crap and then you eat a Snickers bar and you're like, damn, I feel like I just got healed. It's my medicine. (laughs) 
I had spent like two years not eating sugar. And then one day I got really, really, really sick. And I felt like I was going to die. And I asked what, what's going to heal me. And I smelled a Snickers bar and I'm like, that's insane. I've not craved sugar in months and months and months. In fact, when I ate sugar after two years of not having it, sugar tasted very bitter and I did not like it. And when I ate that, I, I bought a king size Snickers bar. I thought I'm going to eat a bite of this and then I'm going to get sick. Right. I ate it and it was just like choir of angels. Ah! <laughs> I ate the whole thing and I felt better. I'm like, how the hell did that just cure me right now? I think it had magnesium in it. I think that might've been what it is. There is magnesium and other wonderful things in chocolate. And by the way, chocolate does not have caffeine. That is a misnomer. I went to the chocolate museum in in Guatemala and learned that there. And I've also been in the chocolate museum in Peru. (laughs) In fact, if there's a chocolate museum, I, I try to go to it. There's one here I haven't been to yet, but love chocolate. But right now we are in the middle of this radiation. Uh, Cosmic radiation has slowed down while we are being bombarded by the G2 geomagnetic storm. And that's because there's a massive crack in the magnetosphere of earth. That's why we're able to receive so much freaking energy right now from the sun. And that's what's going on. We're as far as cosmic radiation, we've gone down by 0.6% in the past 48 hours. We are at 8.2% of the space age average. So we're still at high levels of cosmic radiation, but last week we're at very high. So we have less cosmic radiation while we're getting more solar wind and solar radiation. So I don't know if you've been out in the sun lately, but I put my face in the sun today just for a couple of minutes. I even turned my back to the sun. I got sun on my back, on my skin. I opened up my bathroom window and it came right in. I'm on the equator, so I can only do this for a couple minutes at a time because we have like massive amounts of um, solar energy coming our way all the time. And man, it felt strong, like really, really strong. Like just, I couldn't take it for very long. Usually I could stand there for five minutes or something, but now one minute, two minutes tops and then I'm done. It's just, Ooh, so much energy. But when you stand in the sun, even if it's for a few minutes, pull it into your heart center and then push it down through your body, push it up through your head, fill your aura and allow the sun to cleanse any negativity you don't need, any debris, any thoughts or ideas or opinions that other people expressed and it kind of glommed onto you, kind of like a, a, a chewy piece of old chewing gum. You know, it, it's like an energy that's kind of gunky. You could cleanse out with the sunlight, by the way. We had uh, 21 fireballs that were sporadic occurring over the United States. It was captured by NASA's All-Sky Camera and the All-Sky Fireball Network. And uh, we are going to have more on the 28th and 29th G1 and G2 class solar uh, storms, like the winds are, the solar winds are coming, and we're going to have a lot more Aurora Borealis, so you might want to check that out on YouTube, spaceweather.com. There's some gorgeous pictures, emerald green and beautiful yellow, like a pure yellow mixed with a kind of a, um, like a golden yellow mixed with white light. This is the energy, kind of the color. If you look at this picture, almost the right color that what I see when I focus on my third eye, my whole body's filled with light. That's almost the color that I see. And it's right there in the Aurora Borealis. 
Yesterday, it was hot freaking pink. In fact, there's a picture. If you go to the archives of spaceweather.com, you'll see. It looks like a little pink alien guy kind of kicking back with his legs up. His legs kind of crossed and and kind of almost like in a fetal position. But just kind of looking at us like, yep. It's like the weirdest picture, but it's hot pink. Did you guys feel the hot pink energy? And there was also purple and white and emerald green again. It was absolutely beautiful. And the solar winds hit many different, it just sparked many different chemicals in the upper atmosphere. And that's what gives us all the beautiful colors. Now, um, 35 Hertz frequency, according to disclosurenews.it, this is where we're at, uh, from Italy, but you guys, HeartMath is back up, thank God, heartmath.org, and I am blown away by what I see today. Every frickin' tower, it's like, they're all reporting zero around the world. The Schumann frequency, which is normally 7.83, is all at zero. We're flatlining across the board except for California, which is 75 hertz frequency. Now, this is from Saturday. We're still two days behind. I don't know why they're not up to date, you know, as of today, but at least they're back and we can see a little bit more what's going on. Now, we're going to go back and look at this. Um, Let's see. Uh, I want to show you or tell you I think it was around, okay, the 10th of September, because we're like a month behind on these. The highest vibration was coming out of Lithuania. They were at 171 hertz frequency. And it looks like Hulului, South Africa, was at 150 hertz frequency. They usually have, lately, very high vibration. Um, In August, we had several peaks, and I think we talked about these already. But there was something, it was, I think it was California was at 275 on the 9th of September. I'm trying to look, where did we have this here? Um, Yeah, there it is. Down to August 17th. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. The biggest one that we've had in recent times that we were unable to see, uh, California was out on the 16th of August. 393 hertz frequency now keep in mind 7.83 is normal so california on the 16th on elvis presley's uh, death day <laughs> i'll never forget seriously august 16th since that year elvis died has always been a day that i lay in bed and cry i, I just <laughs> i just i don't have a shrine to elvis i don't have the elvis velvet paintings i don't have anything like that but I've always felt deeply sad on that day for some reason, but 393 Hertz frequency that was on the 16th of August. And then in California on the 17th, we had 252. And then on, let's see, where was it? There was a peak again around the September 10th and 9th and 10th, 169 Hertz frequency was in Lithuania. And then everything kind of started to go down to zero around the 25th and it came back up off the mat for a little bit in the 20s and 30s and a few places and it's everything was and just everything has been really far like down to zero you know right now or at least on Saturday that's where it was 
I mean, that is crazy. 75 in California, zero everywhere else. All right. So I wanted to give you something super fun to do. It's a fun little task ish. (laughs) Um, there's different ways that you could uh, look at things. The, the world is constantly giving you messages. The world is constantly giving you, uh, your guides, your spiritual guides and all the spirits around you, the fairies, the fire spirits, the air spirits, everything around you is constantly trying to communicate with you. The other day when my son went to work and he was gone for about 30 minutes and I was all by myself and I had opened up all the windows and I was just sitting quietly and contemplating my life and a bird flew up and he just looked at me and we just kind of had this moment. We stared into each other's eyes for a minute and he chirped at me beep, and then he took off and I was like, thank you. And I just felt blessed. I didn't know what he was doing, what he really meant by all that. But I feel so grateful that this little guy, this fluffy little sparrow gave me his time for a moment just for like a quick little second. And I was like, oh, and I feel like it was kind of a little message of I love you from the universe to me. And I felt really special. And it was like such a private little moment. Nobody else was around. No one saw it but me. And it was just one of those, the universe does have my back. Just like this card, the world has your back. The world is constantly talking to you. And so I want to uh, tell you something. I, I bought... I don't buy M&Ms often. <laughs> I think I've had them three times in the past year. And over the weekend, I, w- I opened up a bag of M&Ms and I thought, I wonder if I could guess the color coming out of the bag. And I just want to bring up if you guys are really bored and you're still eating M&Ms, even the health food kind, they don't have to be actual M&Ms. They could, you know, some of the health food kind ones, even if they're carob can be really good. You know, all that, but as long as they have a bunch of different colors and you can assign the colors, different meanings. So you could say, I need to work on my, my chakras, right? And you could assign each color a different meaning, you know, like maybe the dark brown ones could end up being like the crown chakra because there's not a purple one in the bag. Darn it. (laughs) But at least there's blue now, right? And, and, you know, there's blue, there's green, they have all the chakra colors and then the brown. We could just say that that one's like the crown chakra. And you could say, all right, and you could put them in a bag and and close your eyes and what do I need to work on right now? Boom. There's a fun, it's a fun little activity I thought of. (laughs) And you could say, and you could even make it about twin flames. What does my twin flame need to work on right now? What do I need to work on right now? You know, maybe you both get a green (laughs) M&M. And they could assign other values and other things to it. What does it mean? What does a blue one mean? Well, it can mean that you need to work on your communication skills, your throat chakra. It also might mean that you're blue, you're depressed. Or maybe it's time to listen to some rhythm and blues, baby. Maybe it's time to uh, listen to a different kind of music for a moment. You know, or maybe it's time for you to paint the, with the color blue. Or you need to stare at the blue, blue sky. You know, you could assign whatever you want. I mean, green doesn't always mean horny. It can mean that you need to be more in touch with your heart. It might mean that you need to love more. You need to give more love. You need to go do something that's going to be loving. Maybe it means you need to eat vegetables. And if all you're doing is sitting around eating M&Ms, you damn well need better, better nutrition than that. You definitely need vegetables. But <laughs> I mean, have a balance, you know, eat a carrot after you have the, after you have your M&Ms, <laughs> you know, eat an onion, eat a carrot, eat some cabbage, have a, have a cucumber. But <laughs> 
but I thought about it like, you know, you could do, um, I mean, you could do this with marbles. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything edible, but I thought about that, you know, there's so many different ways to divine things and you can make life more fun than it is. Right. You can get dice. In fact, I have hopefully, hopefully coming soon. I have dice coming that will, um, give us some greater insights into some of the cards that we draw and I'll, I'll throw dice for the collective and, and the dice I have coming are, um, astrological signs. <laughs> it's like so cool and they're all really beautiful colors. So it's going to make beautiful pictures for my Instagram for you guys. But you know, you don't need a, a fancy $30 pendulum. Okay. You can put a nut on a damn string. You know, you can put a cork on the end of a string with a needle in it. You know, that could be your pendulum. A necklace is your pendulum. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy, you know, these things, but you need to, um, learn how to interact with the world around you to get your, you know, answers or to give you ideas on how to get to that higher loftier place to be the higher loftier person that you are trying to be. And always remember, forgive, love, and be humble. I'm going to take a quick break guys. And when I come back, we're going to go to part 10 reading of the Kaiba lion right after this message. guys we're going to jump right into the Kaiba Lion this is a book that was published by the Yogi Publication Society in the year 1912 it is written by three initiates they won't let us know who they are but I've gone to visit them in fact I, I just saw an ad for a little aromatherapy lamp and it's three people standing around holding up a, a bowl and it looks like a table and underneath there's like a flame and that I just, it, it, it was like exactly the scene I see when I go through the Kaiba Lion portal and I've spoken to these people in person. And this is the exact scene. I just saw it. I, I wish I had a picture of this thing, but, um, it's like three people standing around in robes equidistant from each other around a little round white table. There's like kind of white and gray table, you know, white for purity, gray for wisdom. It's all very, um, symbolic when I've seen them and they're in a, a hooded, um, I call them hoodies, but the, you know, the long robes that you see, you know, like the hermit would wear in the traditional tarot. And these guys are or women, they might, I don't even know if they're, you know, one woman and, you know, two guys, three women. I don't know. Nobody really knows anything about them other than they somehow, I guess, wrote the Kaiba Lion and then they wrote the book called the Kaiba Lion, which was about the book Kaiba Lion. But when I go through the portal, I'm looking at the Kaiba Lion itself. And they sit and they contemplate it or they are standing there. They stand. They don't sit. They stand and they wait for people like you or me to read the book and then jet on out of our bodies and go meet them through the portal that is this book. And 
I think they teach us stuff. They give us some of those spiritual initiations I was talking about. Now you might feel spiritual initiations when I read this to you. So (laughs) here we go. Um, (laughs) We left off at chapter 15. We are now going to read chapter 15. Um, XV is the name of the chapter. (laughs) Actually, the name of the chapter officially is Hermetic Axioms. Hermetic Axioms. A-X-I-O-M-S. And if you are, if you have like, if your Spanish is your first language, it's, it's como uh, dichos, uh, sayings, axioms, um, you know, wise uh, sayings. Um, I do have a lot of people that listen to me that um, have English as a second language. So if that's you, hopefully, you know, I, I hoped that that helped you. Okay. Hermetic axioms. The possession of knowledge, unless accompanied by a manifestation and expression in action, is like the hoarding of precious metals, a vain and foolish thing. Knowledge, like wealth, is intended for use. The law of use is universal, and he who violates it suffers by reason of his conflict with natural forces the Kybalion. Now I'm going to, I'm going to read that again. Cause that's deep. <laughs> the possession of knowledge, unless accompanied by a manifestation and expression in action is like the hoarding of precious metals, a vain and foolish thing. Knowledge like wealth is intended for use. The law of use is universal and he who violates it suffers by reason of his conflict with natural forces. The Kybalion. The law of use. Have you guys ever heard of that? I have never heard of this at all. So hermetic axioms. That's one of them. Here we go. Now let's get into chapter 15. <laughs> and by the way, this is the 10th reading of this. And so if you haven't heard one through nine, you might want to go back and listen to every Monday for the past nine, well, I guess this is the 10th week. So go back 10 weeks ago, two and a half months ago and see, uh, you know, go listen to those because that's going to catch you up. So, and I do read a lot of books on Mondays and I have for the past year and a half. So these are deep metaphysical teachings, by the way. And spiritual, philosophical, and metaphysical teachings and things that will really help you along your journey and your path. Sometimes it's hard to find these books and sometimes you don't even know they exist, especially if you're brand new. If you just woke up a week or two ago or a couple months ago, or even a year ago, I mean, it took me a lot of years, like decades to find some of these books. So hopefully this is helping you a great deal. This is why I'm here is to help you awaken and help me awaken further. That's just what it's all about, baby. So, all right, here we go. Chapter 15. The hermetic teachings, while always having been kept securely locked up in the minds of the fortunate possessors thereof, for reasons which we have already stated, were never intended to be merely stored away and secreted. The law of use is dwelt upon in the teachings 
as you may see by reference to the above quotation from the Kybalion, which states it forcibly. <laughs> Knowledge without use and expression is a vain thing, bringing no good to its possessor or to the race. Of course, here they mean the human race. Beware of mental miserliness. <laughs> Oh, mental miserliness. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that, that just tickled me. <laughs> Beware of mental miserliness and express into action, capital A on action there, Bring express into action that which you have learned. Study the axioms and aphorisms, but practice them also. We give below some of the more important hermetic axioms from the Kaivalion with a few comments added to each. Make these your own and practice and use them, for they are not really your own until you have used them. So here's one of them. This is, okay, from the Kaivalion, quote, to change your mood or mental state, change your vibration. The Kaibalion. One may change his mental vibrations by an effort of will in the direction of deliberately fixing the attention upon a more desirable state. Will, will <laughs> directs the attention and attention changes the vibration. Cultivate the art of attention by means of the will and you have solved the secret to the mastery of moods and mental states here's another one from the kaibalion here's the quote to destroy an undesirable rate of mental vibration put into operation the principle of polarity and concentrate upon the opposite pole to that which you desire to suppress kill out the undesirable by changing its polarity the kaibalion this is one of the most important of the hermetic formulas it is based upon true scientific principles we have shown you that a mental state and its opposite were merely the two poles of one thing and that by mental transmutation, the polarity might be reversed. This principle is known to modern psychologists who apply it to the breaking up of undesirable habits by bidding their students concentrate upon the opposite quality. If you are possessed of fear, do not waste time trying to kill out fear, but instead, instead cultivate the quality of courage and the fear will disappear. Some writers have expressed this idea most forcibly by using the illustration of the dark room. You do not have to shovel out or sweep out the darkness, but by merely opening the shutters and letting in the light, the darkness has disappeared. So to kill out a negative quality and the vibrations will gradually, I'm sorry, to, I, I just skipped a whole line there. Sorry about that. To kill out a negative quality, concentrate upon the positive pole of that same quality. And the vibrations will gradually change from negative to positive until finally you will become polarized 
on the positive pole instead of the negative. The reverse is also true, as many have found out to their sorrow when they have allowed themselves to vibrate too constantly on the negative pole of things. By changing your polarity, you may master your moods, change your mental states, remake your disposition, and build up character. Much of the mental mastery of the advanced hermetists, I'm sorry, hermetics, oh my gosh, sorry about that. So much of the mental mastery of the advanced hermetics is due to this application of polarity, which is one of the important aspects of mental transmutation. Remember the hermetic axiom quoted previously, which says, Mind, as well as metals and elements, may be transmuted from state to state, degree to degree, condition to condition, pole to pole, vibration to vibration. The Kaibalion. The mastery of polarization is the mastery of the fundamental principles of mental transmutation or mental alchemy. For unless one acquires the art of changing his own polarity, he will be unable to affect his environment. An understanding of this principle will enable one to change his own polarity as well as that of others, as he will but devote the time, care, study, and practice necessary to master the art. The principle is true, but the results obtained depend upon the persistent patience and practice of the student. Here's another quote from the Kaibalion. Rhythm may be neutralized by an application of the art of polarization, the Kaibalion. As we have explained in previous chapters, the hermetists hold that the principle of rhythm manifests on the mental plane as well as on the physical plane, and that the bewildering succession of moods, feelings, emotions, and other mental states are due to the backward and forward swing of the mental pendulum, which carries us from one extreme of feeling to the other. The hermetists also teach that the law of neutralization enables one to a great extent to overcome the operation of rhythm and consciousness. As we have explained, there is a higher plane of consciousness as well as the ordinary lower plane. And the master by rising mentally to the higher plane causes the swing of the mental pendulum to manifest on the lower plane and he dwelling on his higher plane escapes the consciousness of the swing backward. This is affected by polarizing on the higher self and thus raising the mental vibrations of the ego above those of the ordinary plane of consciousness. It is akin to rising above a thing and allowing it to pass beneath you. The advanced hermetist polarizes himself as the positive pole of his being, the I am pole rather than the pole of personality and by refusing and denying 
the operation of rhythm, raises himself above its plane of consciousness and standing firm in his statement of being, he allows the pendulum to swing back on the lower plane without changing his polarity. This is accomplished by all individuals who have attained any degree of self-mastery, whether they understand the law or not. Such persons simply refuse to allow themselves to be swung back by the pendulum of mood and emotion and by steadfastly affirming the superiority they remain polarized on the positive pole. The master, of course, attains a far greater degree of proficiency because he understands the law which he is overcoming by a higher law and by the use of his will. He attains a higher degree. He attains a degree of poise and mental steadfastness. Almost impossible of belief on the part of those who allow themselves to be swung backward and forward by the mental pendulum of moods and feelings. I'm going to say that again. The master, of course, attains a far greater degree of proficiency because he understands the law which he is overcoming by a higher law. And by the use of his will, he attains a degree of poise and mental steadfastness almost impossible of belief on the part of those who allow themselves to be swung backward and forward by the mental pendulum of moods and feelings. Remember always, however, that you do not really destroy the principle of rhythm for that is indestructible. You simply overcome one law by counterbalancing it with another and thus maintain an equilibrium. The laws of balance and counterbalance are in operation on the mental as well as the physical planes and an understanding of these laws enables one to seem to overthrow laws, whereas he is merely exerting a counterbalance. Here's another quote from the Kaibalion. Nothing escapes the principle of cause and effect. But there are many planes of causation, and one may use the laws of the higher to overcome the laws of the lawyer, not the lawyer, of the lower. <laughs> I, I said lawyer accidentally. I meant lower. All right, I'll read it again. Nothing escapes the principle of cause and effect, but there are planes of causation, and one may use the laws of the higher to overcome the laws of the lower, the Kaibalion. By an understanding of the practice of polarization, the hermetists rise to a higher plane of causation and thus counterbalance the laws of the lower planes of causation. By rising above the plane of ordinary causes, they become themselves in a degree. Causes instead of being merely caused by being able to master their own moods and feelings and by being able to neutralize rhythm, as we've already explained, they are able to escape a great part of the operations of cause and effect on the ordinary plane. 
The masses of people are carried along obedient to their environment. The wills and the desires of others stronger than themselves. The effects of inherited tendencies, the suggestions of those about them and other outward causes which tend to move them about on the chessboard of life like mere pawns. By rising above these influencing causes, the advanced hermetists seek a higher plane of mental action and by dominating their moods, emotions, impulses, and feelings, they create for themselves new characters, qualities, and powers by which they overcome their ordinary environment and thus become practically players instead of mere pawns. Such people help to play the game of life understandingly instead of being moved about this way and that way by stronger influences and powers and wills. They use the principle of cause and effect instead of being used by it. Of course, even the highest are subject to the principle as it manifests on the higher planes. But on the lower planes of activity, they are masters instead of the slaves. As the Kaibalion says, and I quote, <laughs> The wise ones serve on the higher, but rule on the lower. They obey the laws coming from above them, but on their own plane and those below them, they rule and give orders. And yet in so doing, they form a part of the principle instead of opposing it. The wise man falls in with the law and by understanding its movements, he operates it instead of being its blind slave. Just as does the skilled swimmer turn this way and that way, going and coming as he wills, instead of being as the log which is carried here and there, so is the wise man compared to the ordinary man. And yet both swimmer and log, where wise man and fool, are subject to law. He who understands this is well on the road to mastery. Unquote. The Kaibalion. In conclusion, let us call your attention to the Hermetic Axiom. Quote, True Hermetic transmutation is a mental art. Unquote. I'll say that again. True Hermetic transmutation is a mental art, unquote, the Kybalion. In the above axiom, the Hermetists teach that the great work of influencing one's environment is accomplished by mental power. The universe being wholly mental, it follows that it may be ruled only by mentality. And this truth is to be found an explanation. And in this truth is to be found an explanation of all the phenomena and manifestations 
of the various mental powers which are attracting too much attention and study in these earlier years of the 20th century. Back of and under the teachings of the various cults and schools remains ever constant the principle of the mental substance of the universe. If the universe be mental in its substantial nature, then it follows that the mental transmutation must change the conditions and phenomena of the universe. Uh, Let me read that one again. (laughs) If the universe be mental in its substantial nature, then it follows that mental transmutation must change the conditions and phenomena of the universe. If the universe is mental, then mind must be the highest power affecting its phenomena. If this be understood, then all the so-called miracles and wonder workings are seen plainly for what they are. Quote, The all is mind, the universe is mental. The Kaibalion. The all is mind, the universe is mental. The Kaibalion. Finis. That's the end. We just finished the Kaibalion. Wow. I thought there's maybe a couple more chapters, but that's it. So I'm going to look at something because I have a feeling um, there might be some stories surrounding this book. So let me take a quick moment and then I'm going to go over a couple things with you based on what we just read. I'm going to pause this for a second though. Well guys, I was hoping I could find mysteries um, such as people going up through the portal and meeting the three initiates but um, apparently that's only happening to me because I haven't actually I just looked and looked and looked for like 20 minutes and I couldn't find anything about mysteries surrounding or stories of or (laughs) hopefully through me you can also go through that portal and meet these guys and I have told you, I mean, I I have a feeling it's William Walker Atkinson, but I just looked on Wikipedia and apparently a lot of people that attend the mystery school that I attended, Builders of the Adidam, have said that they kind of think, they suspect that Paul Foster Case, who started BOTA.org, along with William Walker Atkinson, who I've long since held since the beginning of reading this, that it was probably him, but I never considered it would be Paul Foster case too. So a lot of people think it might be him, you know, because of the hermetic teachings and principles and a lot of what's in the mystery school. This, I mean, these things that we went over definitely are in the mystery school. So, um, some of the things about you mastering your emotions, I wanted to go into a little conversation about that and then we will end, um, for the night. But I have a story. It's kind of funny, kind of funny. It's kind of one of those stories. It's funny, not funny. (laughs) Um, funny if it didn't happen to you, but it's a cautionary tale. Okay. because when people first get into spirituality and they hear you need to rise above your emotions and then you won't have the drama and blah, blah, blah. So then you're like, 
I am perfect. I am, I don't feel any emotions. I am neutral. I am totally, and you just kind of try to get to that level where you don't feel anything. And this is kind of like what the Buddhists do with attachment and the non-attachment thing. And Paul Foster Case talks in the Builders of the Adidam about, you know, in the lessons when you are an adept and you're studying in this mystery school, he'll talk about how you need to have attachments. You need to have goals to strive and work for, or you have no will and you have no reason to live. Right? So there's a difference between the Eastern philosophies and the Western philosophies, completely different, but there's many paths to God. I wrote a poem years ago about the thousand petaled Lotus that leads to the thousand petals that lead to the road to God. Everything, all paths lead to God. Every single one of them, every single one of them, period. How could they not? Cause we're all going to go in a big fat cycle, go around and come back around, you know, and we'll be coming around again. Right. Sorry. I don't sing very well, but <clears throat> you get the point. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, you could practice non-attachment all you want. I, I met a guy who was so influenced by this guy who was clearly a narcissistic person. He was famous. He's written a lot of new age books and I, my husband and I were given the task, the assignment to go see him in person in Grass Valley, California. And we went and this guy sat at the front of the room and he's like, um, you know, so what have you guys done this week? And he had a posture and his energy. I could see his aura was black and gray, but not in a good gray, kind of a murky, yucky, swampy gray energy and kind of a yellowy and it was weird he had a weird aura and he had a very negative vibration and he said what have you done to this week and he crossed his legs and he crossed his arms completely closing his energy off from his so-called students and it was almost like what have you done to help my life and help me and give me credit and give me the energy, right? He had this energy about him. And this guy said, you told us to practice non-attachment and to get rid of everything in our lives. And he says, yes, how are you doing with that? And he said, well, I have, um, I think he said, I gave up my apartment. I gave away all of my things. I took all the money out of my bank account and I gave it to everybody on the street that needed it. And now I'm homeless and I'm living on the streets. And you told us that that's going to help us be spiritual, but I don't get it. I don't feel more spiritual. And he's like, Hmm, okay, well maybe you're not doing it right. And he, and he chided this guy and put him down. And he said, well, this was all of your decision by your own free will. And he says, yes, but you told us to practice non-attachment. I'm literally attached to nothing. Now I'm living on the streets and you know what? It's cold. I think he even said he gave up his job, right? And he says, I want to be spiritual. I want to be spiritual. And he says, well, keep going, keep going. You're going to get there. Keep going in that path. And you guys, I got absolutely livid. I was like this asshole. I wanted to punch his head through the damn wall <laughs> because his fake ass guru teaching style 
was that of a spiritual narcissist. And he was laughing and mocking and smirking as this guy is crying and pouring his heart out going, I don't feel more spiritual. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. He's like starting to panic and he's just sitting there mocking and laughing at him. He's like, no, really? Like, can I spend the night here in this room tonight? And he says, no, you, you decided to not have these things and to be non-attached. Why do you want to be attached to this building? Like he was that kind of a dick. And this guy was vulnerable. He was in a, a state of mental, um, not mental clarity, but mental confusion. It was very sad and it broke my heart. I just, I was like, oh my God, this guy. And I just went home and I cried about it and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, I think, um, I think my husband might've told him, go get your job back, go get your apartment back and start over. And this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> because if you don't have a desire, for anything, you don't have a will to live. If you don't have a will to live, you don't have a will for anything else. I mean, that's a Western philosophy. You could go with the Eastern thing and be non-attached. You can own every penny in the world, every ruby in the world, every stack of gold in the world, and still practice non-attachment to the things that you own. Just because you own something doesn't mean you're attached or not attached, right? So that was something that... I mean, that's when you first start on the spiritual path, that those, that's one thing that comes out and Paul Foster case is like, no, <laughs> you could be wealthy, but not have an attachment to the wealth itself. Using it as a tool, is not going to hurt you being attached to it where you're constantly focused and thinking about it, that will hurt you because it prevents you from thinking and focusing about other things. Right? So that's one thing that I've noticed. So, I mean, you got to be careful of spiritual gurus who are fake, <laughs> who are false and who are going to lead you down a really crappy road. You know, I mean, maybe this guy found his spirituality or maybe this experience soured him to the whole thing. And now he's closed off forever to spirituality. You know what I mean? So those of us who are putting ourselves out there, as spiritual teachers like I am and other people who are doing that. I'm not, I'm not a spiritual master. I'm not proposing that you believe I am a spiritual master or not. Cause I'm not yet. I mean, when I start turning water into wine, I'll let y'all know I did walk on water today though. It was in my shower as I took a shower. <laughs> in fact, I haven't walked on water across my bathroom floor. I almost slipped and, and, and fell on my ass, but <laughs> we all can walk on water. <laughs> It's just not the water on top of a lake. I, you know, it's just, you know, it, it, it it's just something you can actually do. <laughs> but so that's the first thing. And then another thing is having that idea of reading the idea of, I will have no more emotions. I will be a master of my emotions. I had a roommate. Oh, God bless him. I love him so much. I have a feeling he passed away. Um, I just, I don't know why, but I do. I feel like he passed away. I don't know how or why he told me he, he was in love with a woman who was very, very, very famous and that she got very sick and that she died. And he only called her Claire. He liked calling her Claire. He says it's her middle name. Her name is Claire. And he told me he lived in Mount Shasta. I mean, after we were roommates, like years later, I found him and we talked on the phone and these are the things he told me. 
And then it wasn't until years later that I recognized that he was living with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who was very, very famous, and all of her stuff was right on until it absolutely wasn't because she had brain cancer. Man, she got um, kind of crazy at the end, and I think he might have killed himself or he might have died too. I don't know what happened. I hope he's still alive. I haven't seen or heard from him since he told me that he was in love with her. And I don't know if they were an item or if she, I think he said he was living with her in her house. You know, he might've just been working for her or something or her, you know, group, but it was very strange, but he was my roommate when I was 18 years old. I had my own place and then I moved in with my boyfriend who was roommates with this guy. And my boyfriend had saved this guy's life. One day he was meditating, had a feeling he was um, gonna kill himself. And he raced over to his house um, you know, he was living in the basement of his parents' house and he knocked on, um, you know, his door and then he busted the door open and found him laying on the ground. He had just taken a bottle of pills and then he, um, rushed him to the hospital where they pumped his stomach and they put him in the hospital for a few days. And then, um, and they became long lifelong best friends after that. Before that, they were just like acquaintances. They talked a little bit every now and again, but my ex-boyfriend just he was very psychic and he was like, holy crap. And he had the idea of seeing, he had the psychic ability to see if someone's going to die or not. He was the one that told me my best friend was going to be um, killed. And sure enough, a week later she was scared the crap out of me. I was like, Oh my God, you know, like, but he also had the sense sixth sense and he saved Scott's life. And in time, Scott decided, screw this. I'm not going to go by the name of Scott anymore. I'm going to become Al X, A L X, <laughs> Alex. But, um, and I'm going to become a spiritual master. I'm going to change my night, my name and my life and everything. And it was always his dream to stand up before a judge and say, who gives you the right to judge me? And he said it just like that. He, he did some amazing, funny things that just cracked me up and that was <laughs> when the judge says why do you want to change your name what's wrong with your current name and he literally stood up and he goes who gives you the right to judge me <laughs> and then he started laughing and then he says I just want to change my name what's it to you it's not your damn business <laughs> and he changed his name to Alex Xander A-L-X-Z-A-N-D-E-R Alexander Orion, like the constellation Orion, and then Francis changed his name to Francis because our friend she changed her last name to Francis and when Lily Francis and she was a famous, um, well at least in North Dakota she was a famous uh, professor, and when she changed her name to Francis she started levitating at night and so he thought if I change my name to Francis I'm gonna I'm gonna also levitate right, so he had all these wild and cool crazy unique ideas of spirituality that I appreciated very much. But one of them, he was saying, I'm going to stop feeling all my emotions. Oh my God. And this is a guy who is an empath. This is a guy who he, if he had lived through his emotions and knew how to channel them and knew how to work with them, he would have been a hundred percent. Okay. But instead, he decided to bottle up every ounce of anger he got. Oh, God. I refuse to accept that emotion. I I refuse to accept that emotion. I'm going to be an automaton. I'm going to stop feeling these emotions. 
And that's what he did. And he became a righteous, upright bastard. He was so mean and so judgmental towards everyone around him because they felt emotions still. I'm a spiritual master. I'm going to, we were all in the beginning stages of our spirituality. This is back in the 1980s. And we were hoping, you know, that we would have the right secret. And if we, one of us picked the secret that worked, we're all going to follow that secret. We had a group of spiritual people and we met every week and we helped everybody (laughs) every week. Like every week, one of us would read a book and we would say, okay, I'm doing the lecture today. And Hey, I read this book and this is what I learned. Hey, I read this book and I think it's full of shit. You know, whatever you think the book is or what your impressions are, then you could lend the book to someone else in the group and they can read it. Maybe they'll get something better out of it. And then, you know, and then we were exchanging books and then we'd all eat together and then and have tea and then we would meditate together and we would all get spiritual messages and insights and we'd just blurt out whatever uh, came to mind to help the group. So it was a really cool thing, you know, that my friend Don had uh, put together. And that's how I met Bob and that's how I ended up meeting um, his roommate, Alex. And, and we were all uh, living together and Alex was like really emotional. Like, I mean, he would just sit and cry and cry and cry. And then when he decided to no longer feel emotions, I mean, just like the Kybalion says, and he never read the Kybalion at that point. He had read this in another book, probably, um, oh gosh, probably a Ruth Montgomery book. We were all so into Ruth Montgomery back then and she was pretty good, but he read a bunch of different books and it might've been a... Uh, Alan Watts book. It might've been, um, there was, I mean, the new age, uh, shelf at the bookstore was like a third of a shelf. It was like 10 books. So we all, we all didn't have a whole lot to choose from. We had to have our friends from Minneapolis send us books. Um, one of my friends, uh, Don, he had his friend come all the way from England to bring books that were being published over there. The new age movement was brand new. It was in its infancy <laughs> these days. And so anyway, this is what happened. And, and I'm not proud of what I'm about to say, but it's necessary to understand how bad this can get. If you're not ready to let go of your emotions and rise above things, it's not about suppressing your emotions. What this last part of the Kaiba lion is. <laughs> uh, okay. So every time he felt like crying, he would go, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept that. And just shove that emotion down. And every time I got anger, I'm not going to feel that I'm, I'm a master now. Um, every time he felt happy, I'm not going to feel that I'm not, I'm a master now. And then sometimes he let the, the happiness leak out. I'm happy. Okay. That's it. But all of the other emotions, negative emotions, um, things that come up that happen with his parents, they were not very good people. They were terrible parents. <clears throat> they really treated him and his brother horribly. And they would just, uh, they would just, um, you know, put him down and, and didn't understand his ways or his ideas. And he always thought he was a, he was a star seed. And he always felt like I'm an alien. I'm from another planet. I'm from Orion. And, uh, and, and he would go in the middle of, the, of a cornfield every week by himself for hours. And he would say, take me with you, take me with you. And he used to ball his head off. Like, please bring me home. I don't want to be here anymore. 
Now, back in 1987, this was hilarious to us because we did not understand it. Now, I'm not an asshole anymore, and I understand that a lot of you feel the same way, even I feel the same way. A lot of us have become super awake to the fact that, oh yeah, (laughs) we are not original earthlings. We do not really belong here. (laughs) And uh, somebody wants to send me a message. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) we'll talk to you later, buddy. (laughs) And so he would sit. And so one day we're all sitting around in this, in this circle. And, and Don says, Alex, stop the project. And then he burst out laughing. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? My angel just told me to tell you, stop the project. What project? And he started laughing. He goes, I've been going every Saturday and seen in a cornfield in North Dakota. We were all living in, in Grand Forks. It was like in, in this cornfield, in North Dakota. He's like, I've been seen in this cornfield asking the aliens to come and get me for like four hours every Saturday he could sit in the field by himself and cry and say please come get me now I mean I get this I get this I get this so much well oh then once he was told to stop the project then he's like I'm a master I'm a master of my emotions right and he was not a master of his emotions he was just shoving it down stuffing it in stuffing it in and instead of spending his four hours every week crying which was probably helping him get out his emotions He still had the suicidal tendencies. He still had the shadow stuff he hadn't dealt with yet. You know, all that stuff comes before mastering your emotions. And so um, he stuffed everything down. And then he um, he, uh, started eating. He started eating and eating. Then he gained weight. And then his roommate was my boyfriend who was... He was just a bodybuilder and he's a stickler about, you know, you're going to get fat and what's wrong with you? Look at you. You don't want to be a fat ass. You want to be you know, strong and healthy like me. And, and so he would say, all right, I won't eat after six o'clock at night. And then he'd go and get a gallon of ice cream and eat it at four in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, he would take one idea and then he would turn it into his own thing. And it would always be the most unhealthy possible thing, you know, and he knew it. We all knew he knew it, and then he'd act like he didn't know it. But um, this is how everyone is. We're, we're, we're all like this when we were in the beginning of our you know, spirituality journey. So he ended up like, I master my emotions, master my emotions. And we're like, we need, we're seeing. He's like a fucking powder keg. He's getting ready to burst. And something is going to be really bad. I mean, someone is going to just make him mad. And he's going to, he's going to kill him with his bare hands or something. Right. Cause he had all this bottled up anger, bottled up sorrow, bottled up sadness, bottled up, um, energy. I just don't want to effing be here anymore. Frustration. And we could see it and it was building up, 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 up. Right. And so, um, (laughs) oh my God, this is so bad. So he had, he and I, as a joke, had gone out and bought a giant Gumby, (laughs) a blow up Gumby and a blow up Godzilla from Spencer's. And so we had, we would like, he would say stuff and he would bug us and he'd bother us. And we had a thing that we, this is terrible. Like I said, I'm not proud of this part. We would just be, Oh, fuck you, Scott. Just fuck you. (laughs) You know, before he changed his name to Alex, and we just, oh, just fuck you, you know, dude, come on, just fuck off. Right. And then he would burst out laughing. We'd be, we'd burst out laughing. It was like kind of an inside joke between all of us. And well, um, we were like, we got to do something about this guy because 
he has to feel his emotions. This is not healthy. And so my, my boyfriend devised this, concocted this horrible way of getting him to feel. And so he put a, um, a, a, a glove and he folded the fingers down so that the glove is flipping him off. And then we taped this to uh, Gumby <laughs> and said, fuck you, Scott, just fuck you <laughs> on it with a note on the glove. And we put on, I mean, and we're, we're talking like a six and a half foot Gumby, which is already terrifying enough. He came home, uh, from work and he came home like three hours late. And we know it's because he's been driving around, trying not to feel his emotions. Cause he's a master now. Right. And, the, and we, I mean, he was a powder keg ready to explode and we didn't want him to hurt himself or others. So what better way than to take it out on Gumby? Cause that's not gonna hurt anybody. So we were in our room and we heard him stomping really hard up the stairs because the more he bottled his anger in, the more it came out physically. Like in the beginning, he would just walk up the stairs normally and all of a sudden it was like boom, 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 shaking the apartment building and rattling the windows because he'd be walking so hard with so much anger, but I'm not angry. (laughs) And he walked in and he saw the Gumby. Next thing we know, we hear the, this, oh, this is a loud roar of a scream and then a big pop and then a thud and then a couple more thuds and then boom, 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 walking all the way downstairs. And then we heard another thud and then we hear a, oh, hell, or something like that. And then we heard another crash, a big fricking well, we heard another explosion and then another crash and then the, the, the balcony window opening and then another crash outside. <laughs> so after we were sure he wasn't going to kill us, <laughs> we're like, Scott, you okay? <laughs> Can we talk? What's, what's happening? And he goes, and he was, and we started laughing and he started laughing and he was laughing uncontrollably and he was crying uncontrollably and all the emotions came out at once and he fell on the ground laughing and crying and like tears right now, his face, his face red as hell, laughing and laughing hysterically. And he goes, I killed Gumby. <laughs> I killed Gumby. I killed Gumby. And he, ri- he says, I ripped his fucking arm off. I ripped his motherfucking arm off. And then he, and then I, and he's like, then I felt ashamed that I, I spent so much money on this stupid Gumby. And then I ripped his arm. I killed Gumby. And he's like, I had to go throw him away. Well, what were all the other thuds? Well, then a few other things happened and he didn't tell us exactly. And he says, but I killed the TV too. And we're like, Oh my God, where's the TV? He's he threw a Cuddy Sark whiskey bottle that I found on the ground outside and I liked it because it had a, um, a, a sailing pirate ship on it. And so I kept it because it was kind of, I made it into art, like a flower vase. <laughs> and he took the Cuddy Sark whiskey bottle and he threw it to the freaking TV. And, and the TV was kind of like, um, it said, um, um, I have a headache this big. And it was like an Excedrin, uh, or Excedrin, um, commercial. It's, it's for a painkiller, right? 
<laughs> they say, I have a headache this big. And he's like, I'll give you a motherfucking headache. And he threw the Cuddy Sark whiskey bottle through the TV and boom, and his explosion and fire came out of the TV. And then he got mad and he thought, well, screw that shit. And he opened up the window and he threw the TV out the second story window to the ground below. He said, don't worry. I made sure that I, there, there was no dogs or people down there first. Oh my God. And then he had to go down and clean up the TV. <laughs> I mean, this is like over the course of an hour. And the next day we came home and we're like, how come, wait a minute, that, that, the painting is like on the edge of the wall. And we moved it in the Cuddy Sark whiskey bottle, fit perfectly in the hole that was in the wall just there. So this is, when you hear the mastering of your emotions, you don't just go, I have no more emotions now. I'm a perfect master because you ain't no master. Sorry. You are repressing, repressing and suppressing your emotions, which is extremely unhealthy. Let yourself feel, let yourself be when you are ready to rise above those emotions that will pull you and sway you to and fro. You will know when you're ready. Don't force this shit because you will kill Gumby and you will kill your TV. (laughs) and it might not be as pretty as all that. It might be worse. Okay. So even though we just read the Kaiba lion and it's all this hermetic wisdom and it's really good for you to understand this stuff. Don't force, (laughs) don't force your spirituality. Don't force your mentality. Don't force your stuff. Don't force your spirituality. Don't be like, I'm no longer attached and I'm going to give away my job, my apartment and all my things. And I'm not going to feel any emotions, right? These are unhealthy ways to express your spirituality. The healthy way is to keep learning and growing. Keep a journal, check your shadow self. What are you feeling today? Go through your chakras, go through your aura, filter everything out that you don't need. Spend time in nature, eat high quality food do card readings, do Oracle readings. If you want, if you're not drawn to that, screw it. You don't have to do it. If you're not drawn to something, don't do it. You don't have to become a witch now that you're spiritual, but if you are in that way and in that path, do it. Don't deny yourself what you are, what your personal path to God is. It's all different for every person because God's not boring. (laughs) God does not expect you to be a cookie cutter Christian and do this and do that and go through the motions. No, you don't have to be a cookie cutter. Um, any religion, you don't have to be in, God does not put you in a box and say, this is who you are. No, God gives you free will and free choice. And you're here with a marvelous free will and free choice to determine and find out who it is that you are. So, like I said, in the first half of the show, just keep striving for the ever higher peaks of who you are. Keep reaching for your higher self. Keep reaching for that highest star, that highest vibration that you could possibly muster. If you need to cry, I mean, seriously, um, the last time I saw Paris, go watch that with, with Elizabeth Taylor. You'll ball your head off. Bring just a big box of Kleenex and watch a really sad movie like that. You know, if you need to cry and you can't watch something sad, read something sad, 
something that's a tearjerker that's gonna just touch you in a in an odd way that you now are uncontrollably crying because that is healthy to cleanse you're cleansing your your lacrimal glands and your eyes you're cleansing your sinuses your tears are salty and that cleanses your sinuses you i mean it's not unhealthy to cry feel the feels if you need to scream my, my boyfriend would always say at that time my boyfriend back you know bob he used to have a lot of anger he had um, asthma growing up and he was angry at his parents for not doing better for him even though they didn't know how you know but he didn't think about that so he would go into his car and roll up the windows and, and, and bring a pillow and he'd scream into the pillow inside his car he said I'm going to start primal scream therapy fuck it and he would just ah! <laughs> you know sometimes you need to get it out Go to the ocean, scream at the ocean. No one's going to hear you because it's so loud. You know, scream in a car, scream into a pillow, scream at the ocean if you need to get out your anger. You know, make a, um, make a uh, block of wood, put the, uh, you know, put a picture of a face of someone you hate that you want to beat up, someone that hurt you, or put an idea that you don't like. You know, write the word racism or sexism or homophobia. Whatever it is, the issue that you're dealing with, even get, you could get a um, punching bag and, and, and tape that idea and just punch the hell out of it. If you need to get your anger out, do it in a healthy and constructive way. It's not going to hurt anybody else. It's not really going to hurt you, but it might actually help you. <laughs> you know, skip rope, run, do something active, right? But don't ever deny your emotions and don't listen to what I just said in the Kaibalion and go, I'm going to rise by my emotions and not feel them anymore. <laughs> so let this be a cautionary tale for you. Your emotions are there for a reason and they're healthy. Your moods can cost you a fortune. So express them as much as you can in five minutes, especially if they're what you consider the quote unquote negative, like healthy, unhealthy, sad, sorrow, depression, anger. If you're going to feel those, let yourself feel them to the, the absolute pinnacle of how strongly you can feel them, but only give yourself five minutes. And then on the sixth minute, you're going to switch it and go to the opposite pole. Now, I'm not trying to make you bipolar, but I mean, you know, just try to, all right, go a little bit more. Look at the scale of emotions through Abraham Hicks. Just go to the next highest vibration. <laughs> and again, somebody else is now trying to send me a message. Ha. Huh. Ugh. Maybe it's Nigerian scammer season again. I get a, I don't get a lot of those and I haven't had any of those for a long time, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone who's actually real. <laughs> anyway, um, I wish you guys the best of luck and the best of everything in your life. You deserve that. And don't ever feel guilty for having more or wanting more or wanting to do more. If you want to be a millionaire in this life, you don't have to brag about it. If you are a millionaire or a hundred millionaire or a billionaire, you don't even have to be attached to the money. You know, you could just use, utilize it in a way that you're helping others, that you're helping yourself, helping your family, helping your friends helping others or maybe you could just save it and give it away to charity upon your death you know 
but which is still using it. So you don't have to also use all the things you have, you know, like the carb lion says again, you know, just take what resonates. If it does not apply, let it fly, baby. You don't need it. If it doesn't fit to your particular set, this is just one book, you know, and so I don't want you, those of you who are new, I don't want you to think like this is, you know, holy gospel truth. And I must live in this way. I just, I wanted to give you the cautionary words just in case, because not everyone could just like delete their emotions. You have to feel your emotions. Now, if there are emotions that are going to put you in a lower vibration and you have already mastered yourself, which takes a while, doesn't take a couple months, honey. It could take 20, 30 years, might take a whole lifetime and that's okay. The deeper wisdom teachings are not even taught to men in, in, um, mystical Judaism until they're 40 years old because they can't handle it yet. You know, so that's, there's a reason why you, you, um, always see the imagery of an old woman being the wise woman or an old man being the wise one. It takes sometimes a lifetime of living before you can master and understand all the deeper intricacies. I can't even say this word right now. You know what I mean? The, <laughs> the deeper parts of what these things are. So love yourself, do better, just do a little bit better every day. That's all reach for the highest vibration. So I want to thank you for your continued patience and your understanding with me as I try to explain this stuff. And thank you for your continued confidence in myself, my abilities and the show. Thank you for telling other people about metaphysical soul speak the podcast. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But for now guys, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibrations of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.